This episode of Effort Radio is brought to you by Super. For all you independent service professionals out there hustling, there's a new home for you. Welcome to Super. Their experts are searching extensively to find New York City's top pros and provide them with the visibility their talent deserves. To be discovered, visit super.io. That's super with two R's. Super, home of the super talented. For more in NYC, it's Effort a show based on our live storytelling series where female leaders and entrepreneurs share raw and personal stories of challenges they've overcome in their careers and what they learned in the hustle to achieve success. We're Warren. We plot with other women-owned businesses to take over the world. <laughs> We're actually a mission-based creative agency that works directly with female-run companies, campaigns, and products because we know that when women succeed, everyone succeeds. The owner introduces me to one of his VPs and says, Yes, this is Chifia, she's starting a soothing line, and she knows nothing about book. <laughs> I said, That's me. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Effort Radio. I'm Nicole Corbett, CEO of Warren. Today we're going to hear a story by Cynthia Salim, who's the founder and CEO of Citizens Mark, a company that makes sustainably made blazers for women on the rise. Before starting Citizens Mark, Cynthia worked on human rights at the UN in Geneva, Switzerland, and as a management consultant at McKinsey. Fun fact, she was also an interview coach for the Miss America organization, which could explain her extremely poised presentation skills. The story Cynthia is going to tell today has to do with what it took for her to get her clothing business off the ground and get some of the top clothing manufacturers in Europe to agree to work with her despite being a small business. Here's Cynthia. Hi, everyone. Hi. So again, I'm Cynthia Salim. I'm the founder of Citizen Smart. And as Nicole mentioned, we make responsibly made professional wear for women on the rise. When I started this and conceived of Citizen Smart, I was working in Geneva, Switzerland, in international affairs. And I would watch Guillaume, the male EU intern, look so good and so sharp and so professional in his suit. And I thought, what is the women's equivalent of that? when the invitation to the ambassador's home says business professional. And they go to the same brands that the men go to and find that the same line for women is lower quality. So I set out to build a high quality brand for Citizens Mark. And of course, that was gonna require huge support from impressive suppliers, especially if I was gonna build a supply chain that was responsible. So when I talked to Nicole about what I was gonna talk about today, um, I told her about how in the early days, for over a year and a half, really two and a half years, of building Citizens Mark, I always felt like I was too small to matter. And there are two stories, two milestones that I hit where I learned psychologically and practically that I wasn't too small to matter. So those are the stories I'm gonna share today. So when you set out to make a blazer suit, you need to find materials, right? What's a blazer made of? What's a really good blazer made of? Well, no. Wool. Wool. So I set out to find wool, went to New York Garment District, couldn't figure out where it was sourced from, couldn't get answers about the labor, um, the labor rights that were involved in making this. Um, so I went to a small town in Italy called Viela that has all the historic wool mills. And I thought, great, this is perfect. I'm going to find my mill and we're going to be just fine. As I'm reaching out to them, cold calls, cold emails, no response, no response. Um, I finally get a friend of a friend to say, yeah, why don't you just come here? That's, that's really what's going to make this most efficient. Come here and meet people face to face. 
come and we'll schedule your meetings for you. So I get there, and this is one of the first moments I realized how small I am. I tour a yarn mill, the biggest yarn mill in the country that supplies the biggest wool mills and luxury brands. And I have no idea what's happening. I'm learning about every little piece. And at some point, the owner introduces me to one of his VPs and says, yes, this is Chizia, she's starting a suiting line, and she knows nothing about wool. <laughs> I said, that's me. And by the end of this conversation, I want to know everything about wool. So had a great tour with the yarn mill, met these impressive wool mills that supplied, to my surprise, huge luxury brands. I think they had no idea who I was, right? Um, tremendous warm Italian welcome, and they all said, yes, absolutely, we'd love to work with you when you get to New York. Um, we'll send the headers, I don't know what a header is at this point, we'll send feelers, great, don't know what that is either. Um, what address should we send it to? At this point, I can't say apartment 3E, right? Hold, I'll email you. At this point, I'm gonna go get a WeWork address so that my address is not apartment 3E. Um, so I come back to New York and I'm feeling pretty good. I've just met the biggest historic wool mills. And I didn't realize there's a next step to this, is sales reps, right? Sales reps that also don't return your calls or emails. I'm like, really around two? And I remember feeling so small when they told me, our minimums are 10,000 meters, right? 10,000 meters, I can't make that many blazers, who's gonna wear them in the first round? Um, and really having to balance this perspective of, hi, I'm so sorry to bother you, could I have 30 minutes of your time to see those headers? Still don't know what they are. And at the other end, trying to be too big and saying, yes, I'm with this big company, Citizen Smart, that at this point doesn't have a website, and not being able to deliver on what that is. And I remember the point where I psychologically figured out how to develop this stance of, we're small but poised for growth. So Mario, one of the sales reps, didn't know who I was or wasn't, uh, meets with me and goes, ciao, buongiorno, how are you? And I'm like, yes. I went to Biala, I saw your mill, it was great, show me some headers, and what, you know, how is your trip here to New York, what are you, what are you doing? And he said, ah, yes, I'm meeting with our clients, with uh, Paul Smith, Tom Ford, Stella McCartney, and uh, you are. And I said, and I'm Cynthia Salim. <laughs> and we giggled about that. And at that point I thought, you know what, this is your chance to figure out who you are, who they are and how you're gonna build these relationships. And I said, Mario, I'm Cynthia Salim. I'm starting this new brand, Citizen Smart. I worked in Geneva, Switzerland, and couldn't find high quality professional wear. And there are young women out there on the rise. And I'm building a brand for us, for our community. I come from a family of entrepreneurs. I don't come from fashion. I don't come from business. But we're small and we're po poised for growth. And from then on, all my conversations started to become so much more productive. It's a psychological stance. People feel how you're feeling, right? When you feel too small, or you're trying to bluff the game that you can't deliver on, they know. So that's one psychological milestone. We're small, but we're poised for growth. So it took me a year to find everything. This lovely Italian wool in this blazer I'm wearing, the lining that's 100% cupro and biodegradable and breathable and not polyester, the German wool under collar that's um, made in a non-toxic facility. And we produced it in this factory in Los Angeles that I found that was responsible, that pays living wages. Our first samples came out, and they were terrible. 
I remember seeing it and thinking, this, this is a huge disaster. And had a conversation with my mom, who helped my dad build his businesses. But she's quite risk-averse, right? And from the beginning, she's the one that said, you know, you should really just work your lovely corporate job. And I remember being in an elevator at Target with her and leaning against the wall and saying, Mom, do you think I should back out? Do you think this is going to work? It's not too late to back out. And she looks at me and she says, you have to make it work and walks out of the elevator. And I'm chasing her down like, wait, Mom, tell me why. And she goes, you know, there's a reason that something like this doesn't exist. It's obviously hard to nail. But listen, if you nail it, Citizen Smart will be the only one that nails it. And you'll own the whole market. So it's your choice. Do you want to make it work? So at this point, to be honest, it took me a couple weeks to just be sad for a little bit. Get back up. And here's where I learned another practical point of you're not too small to matter. Factories, right? I don't know if you know how one blazer looks like fast fashion and another looks like high-end, but first is the fabric, the second is the production and construction, right? When I asked the facility in LA, why did this happen, why does it look bad, they said, well, it's hand-cut, you want laser-cut, that's million-dollar machinery that automatically cuts it from a computer pattern. When it's pressed, you want an industrial $2 million pressing machine that comes down on it and makes the lapels lay perfectly. All that is in Europe, go find it. Not Googleable, phone calls, emails, phone calls, emails, until I discover that Portugal has a massive textile industry and produces um, in a really responsible way, high quality suiting. Emails, phone calls, go and return, couple more emails, 10,000 piece minimum. At this point, okay, we're familiar with this game, right? Get five, six facilities and I say, you know what, I'm gonna be there this week, so let's talk. Um, when I land there, a warm welcome, and to my surprise, the, the factories that originally told me, no, we won't work with you, just started working with me, because you showed up, right? You drove three hours into their small town. They said, okay, well, these are our lead times, these are our payment terms, this is how we work, probably. Great, warm welcome. Come back to New York, same scenario. I'm nobody again, right? And I actually flew back repeatedly in times that I didn't need to fly back, just to to see samples, to do another fitting and all that stuff. Um, and I asked my mom, you know, mom, I feel like we're too small to matter. I don't know if we're going to pull this off. I have no negotiation power. How do I have negotiation power? She's somebody that's run three or four businesses in Indonesia, right? And she said, you know, Sudi, the only way you're going to have negotiation power is if you have someone else to go to so they won't do your stuff. Which is something I later learned from my MBA friends. It's called a BATNA, a best alternative to a negotiated agreement. It's like dating, right? You don't want to show up? Okay, who's in line next, <laughs> right? So at this point, I just kept going out and building these backup plans and coming with a psychological perspective of we're not too small to matter, we're small but poised for growth, and having the practical infrastructure that allowed me to say and feel we're not too small for growth. So in going forward, we're fundamentally going to be swimming in bigger and bigger pools if we're growing, right? That's the best scenario for me, when I'm the smallest fish in the pond, the lake, the ocean. So as you go forward, as we all go forward, it's so important for us to psychologically and practically feel that we are not too small to matter. Thank you.
Thank you so much for listening to Effort Radio. And hey, if you're going to be in D.C.